Celts are here were given exclusive access to speak to the Celtic manager Ange Postecoglou and Matt O'Reilly before the SPFL Premiership tie against Motherwell on Saturday. It was the first time that we got an update from the manager on the injuries at the club after the international break and after that disappointing defeat to St Murn. The manager and the players are looking forward to getting back to league duty and won't be looking too far forward. Hi Matt, how are you? Very good, you? How was the international break for you? Uh, it was a mixture of emotions. Uh, overall it was it was good, it was a good trip. Um, the final outcome was a bit negative. You know, we lost on penalties in a playoff match, which isn't, isn't ever really nice. Um, but other than that, it was good. It was nice to be back with the Danish guys and be integrated with them again. Yeah, overall, it was a decent trip. Given that you were you were away on international duty, did it make it a bit easier for, for you and the other players that were away after that defeat to St Mirren um, before the break that you kind of continued straight on to, to other games, whereas the guys that were left behind were left to, I suppose, think about that and what went wrong and try and put that right? Yeah, maybe. I mean... I was out of the, the Celtic environment, which I guess is somewhat an, an escape in in a certain way. Um, but at the same time, we when we got back, when was it? Was it today or yesterday? Yesterday, we reflected on the St. Mirren game because we were all back together as a group. And, you know, we, we looked at what we could have done better, um, like we always do, regardless of the result. And, yeah, there was, it was obviously obvious it wasn't wasn't our best performance and not our usual level. But we've got a chance tomorrow to, to, to put it right. Andy? Hi Matt, um, you seem to be really enjoying your football at the moment this season at Celtic. Can you put a, a finger on why you're you're performing so well? Um, yeah, I'm not sure why I'm. I think I'm just I'm prepared for for a good a good level of football. You know, in terms of pre-season, I had a good pre-season. This time I wasn't here. Last pre-season to kind of get a full foundation of fitness in my body and stuff. So this time I've come in fresh. I feel like I've I've tweaked a few things, you know, nutrition-wise and sleep-wise, and I think all the little things, they add up. Um, so, yeah, phys physically, it's probably the best I've felt. Um, and then when you feel good physically, the rest kind of takes care of itself sometimes. So, um, yeah, for me, that's probably been the main difference, I'd say, my physical stuff. And I've always been quite comfortable technically. So I think adding that physical, you know, presence or power to my game should help me like, go to another level. You mentioned how you've always been comfortable technically. How much are you enjoying playing in this mid midfield where you are surrounded by other very good technical players who seem to be on your wavelength? Yeah, I think that's that's the main point. When you're on the same wavelength as other players, everything just clicks more naturally. Um, it's more enjoyable when you know where a player is going to be, where they know where you're going to be when they've got the ball as well. Um, I don't think that just comes down to the quality of our of our players. It comes down to the structure we play in and, and the system because if we didn't have that structure in place, then it would be hard to find each other the way we do. Um, so I think you can you can tell really by the connections we have on the pitch. It comes from the structure first and foremost. Thanks, Thanks, Sean. Well, it was uh, nearly a year the team went um, before sustaining the first uh, domestic defeat. What happens in that sort of situation? You just reset and try and go in another long run yeah I think so I don't think we ever look too far forward or too far back so I wouldn't say our mentality is going on a long run uh, right now the mentality is 
full focus for Motherwell tomorrow and then we'll worry about the games after that. Um, yeah, naturally it was disappointing to, to lose the game and lose it the way we did because probably wasn't the way we wanted to play or usually play. Um, but we reflected on it like we do with any other game. You know, if we win 9-0, if we lose 2-0, we're still going to reflect on the game and look at what we can do better. Um, yeah, and I think there was obviously lots of things we could have done better. Um, but yeah, we've got a chance tomorrow to react. Mm. There's a lot of games coming in uh, between now and the, the World Cup break. Um, as a player, do you still want to be in, involved in as many as you can? Yeah, no, I think every player wants to play every game if they could, you know. Um, but we've got a lot of football coming up, so I don't think anyone's going to be able to play every minute. Um, you know, just in terms of top performance, you need everyone to be chipping in when you've got that many games in a short space of time. So. Yeah, naturally, I'd like to play as much as I can, um, but I know that if I'm not playing, it's just for the benefit of the team. Gavin? Matt, you mentioned obviously it was mixed uh, emotions after the, your under-21 uh, game with, with going out in penalties, but obviously getting the goal yourself, do you, do you feel that you've given yourselves every chance up to now to, to maybe break into that World Cup squad? Is, it, is that a focus for the next couple of months? Um... Yeah, no, I think I've got a chance. I wouldn't say it's a it's a focus. Uh, I kind of tried to focus on what's in front of me right now, and you know the World Cup's not here for another couple of months still. Um, of course, I'll I'll try and do my best for Selwick, and you know if it takes care of itself, then it takes care of itself. But if I'm not there, then you know I'm I'm not there. The team's doing really well right now, so my main focus is kind of trying to help out here, and you know the rest will take care of itself. Obviously, you got some big results against Motherwell uh, last season. As the season went on, they get bigger and bigger, but they're under new management as well. Do you, do you expect a, a, a different game from them? Uh, yeah, I expect a different game every time we play a team, to be honest. Um, you know, it was proven last well, a couple of weeks ago when we lost that not every game's easy. There's no there's no easy game. So, um, no, we're going to prepare for it like we always do. Um, we're going to go into it trying to impact the game like we do in terms of our style and the way we want to play. Um, and if we do that, then, yeah, I think it, we've got every chance of performing well. But in terms of Motherwell, I think we know there'll be a, a decent side, you know. No game's easy, like I said. So just go into it prepared and go from there. You do. Hi, Matt. Um, as a group of players, have you spoke about how the next sort of six weeks, two months are going to be, how intense they're going to be, a game every three days and then a World Cup starting seven days after that? Yeah, we spoke about the intensity of the schedule. Um, like you said, there's pretty much a game every three days. Um, so I think that's where the size of the squad comes into play and the rotation is definitely going to, going to be needed because the way we play it requires intense pressing running, high intensity running. Um, so to perform at the highest level we can as a team, we're going to have to use everybody as like we like we always do um so we spoke about it in the sense of everyone basically be ready to to impact um and yeah take it from there you said that you think you've got a chance of making that world cup squad do you look at these four champions league games that you've got until the world cup and perhaps they give you the best platform that the biggest platform to to show the first team manager what you can do at the highest level yeah, probably. I think Champions League speaks for itself in terms of the competition. Uh, now, like I said, I'm not, I'm not focused on the World Cup in terms of 
you know, not thinking about it every day. Obviously, it would be nice to be there. Um, but I'd rather just focus on my my approach to everyday life at Selwick. Um, and then, yeah, if I do well, then we'll see what happens. You know, I'm, I'll be a fan regardless if I get called up or not. But naturally, I'd like to be there, of course. Shadow? Hi, Matt. Um, during that chat that the players had, were you able to kind of come to any conclusions or pinpoint exactly what it was that went wrong? And, you know, because it was such an uncharacteristic display from the team. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were like, Yesterday we reflected on it in a meeting in terms of, you know, the structure and tempo of play, etc. Um, yeah, we looked at what went wrong. Um, in terms of how we played, it wasn't wasn't our best game, of course. Um, but then when we watched it back, we saw that there are a lot of things. If we just did things slightly differently, um, it could have been a very different game. So I think it comes down to to fine margins, especially with the way we play. As long as we're firing and we're, our approach to the game is is right, um, then it's usually fine. I think that game was just, we're a little bit off in all aspects of our game. Um, yeah, and actually that, that showed. What is the, the mood like in, uh, within the players in training now? Is it was that a bit of a shock? It's good. No, it's good now. No, we're good. Um, you know, the next game comes so quick in football. This one was a bit longer than others so that was why it was a bit frustrating because we had to sit on it for for a couple of weeks but now we've got this game tomorrow and then after that the game's just going to be coming thick and fast so not too much time to really sit and dwell on it all focus is kind of just on the next game and the next training session now thank you Roddy if you've got two questions for Matt please Roddy for time not sure. Nope. Okay, moving on to our fan media. Can I have two questions from the Celtic Star first, please? Hi, Matt. Um, was playing in the Champions League one of the reasons why you decided to sign for Celtic? And has the reality um, matched the dream? Um, yeah, the answer is probably yes to both your questions. I think it wasn't the only Champions League. I was aware of how big Celtic was as a club before I came I think yeah when a club like Celtic comes in for you um especially with the position I was in it wasn't it was pretty much a no-brainer for me to be honest um yeah and now obviously I'm fortunate enough to play in the Champions League um so yeah very grateful to be in the position I'm in um a lot of things have happened very quickly it's a squad confident that we can progress from the group uh, into the knockout rounds yeah yeah um, I think we've showed enough in terms of performances that we're capable at this level. Um, we can just, if we could just be a little bit more ruthless in front of goal, I think in these in these bigger games, that will put us in the position where we need to be. Um, and yeah, hopefully tomorrow gives us a platform to you know get that momentum back and take it into the Champions League midweek. And finally, Declan, please. Hi, Matt. Um, obviously, it's a real short period of time between going away in internationals, coming back to club duty. I know I've spoken to you about before about players in the group thriving off that short period of time, going from midweek into the weekend, but is it difficult adjusting back so quickly from international duty back to club duty? Because you'll have got a lot of information, obviously, of your international boss and you'll be coming back in to receive a lot of revenge. Um, to be honest, I probably find it more difficult going to international and having to adapt, to adapt to that structure. I know the structure here so well and the system so well by now that 
it's not really a problem. So in terms of training today and yesterday, um, it was very easy to kind of slot back in and get back into the rhythm of things. So, um, yeah, now feeling good. Good stuff. Um, obviously, players don't want to lose games at all. I think Celtic fans last season looked at the season in chunks. I know you came in for that second chunk in, in January. Is it maybe better that we've had that chance to press the restart button going into the international break? I know people will say players will stew in a, a, in a result like St Mum, but is it a good chance to press the, the restart button when we're going into this? I think it's 13 games in 43 days. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, like you said, that's a lot of games coming up, so it's probably going to be hard to press the reset, but reset button again because there's so many games after another. Um, no, I guess it was it was somewhat a reality check in terms of we always need to be at our highest level, no matter who we play against. Um, so yeah, that consistency of performance is going to be very important going into this next block because of because of the amount of games. Hi, Ange, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, first of all, can I just start with your injury news after the international break? Uh, yeah, um, uh, sort of, uh, obviously, uh, going back to the last game, Carl Starfell is obviously still out. Um, it'll probably still be a couple of weeks. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, uh, will miss out again tomorrow. He's a little bit more advanced, so we'll, we'll see how he is after the weekend. And Jack Marcus is the other one who, uh, uh, he was the only one who came back from international duty who, uh, with a bit of a niggle. Again, um, won't play tomorrow, but uh, um, again, confident he should be uh, right um, after that. When you get into this hectic, hectic spell of games, I suppose you don't want injuries, but is there a relief that none of them are, are too serious? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Carl's missed a fair bit, which is disappointing for him because, you know, he'd sort of just got, you know, missed a fair bit of pre-season. And so, yeah, by the end of it, you know, depending on when he comes back, that could be a significant one. But, yeah, the rest of them, you know, you, we, we understand. That's why we've got the squad we have, that we're going to, particularly with our schedule over the next sort of month and a half, um, we're going to get some niggles, some guys who, you know, uh, are going to be sore here and there. And, um, yeah, that's why we've got the squad we have to, to be able to cope with that. Andy Burke. Hi, Andrew. You mentioned the, the hectic schedule. I think it's nine games in October alone. Um, how do you plot that out in terms of using that squad? I mean, do you break it up into two, three-game chunks? How do you kind of plot out such a busy period? I mean, we, we've obviously known that that's going to be the case for a while, and, um, you know, you just plan for it. So I guess um, in terms of our training, in terms of, you know, the way we've built the squad, the way we've sort of prepared for this, um, you know, as you said, uh, it's nine games. I think it's 13 games between now and the break. In the, you know, so 13 games in about 42, 43 days. So, you know, it gives you an idea that you're going to be playing sort of every three, three and a half days. So, <clears throat> as I said, we've been planning for that for a while. And, you know, the process for us really is just, you know, look at each game and, and you know, see how people are, you know, are, are travelling from a physical standpoint, mental standpoint, um, and sort of make decisions uh, as we go along. The team's obviously been remarkably consistent over the course of the past year. Um, so in that context, in terms of the defeat at St Mirren, uh, how much time did you spend reflecting on that when you got the guys back or is it a case of bad day at the office and, and move on quickly? 
No, I mean, we, we spent the same amount of time as we would after every other game. I mean, you know, we we kind of assess each game uh, the same way, you know, whether you win or lose, I think you, you, you try and sort of learn from every game you football you play. And, um, you know, just because we've been winning games doesn't mean that, you know, we've been dismissing, you know, the fact that we, we still have areas to improve in. And, uh, you know, the last game was a disappointing one for us. <clears throat> and, you know, not just the result, but the performance. And, you know, we analysed as we, we kind of would have in any other game, gave the feedback to the players and now preparing for, for the game tomorrow. Thanks, Ange. Thank you, Bill. <coughs> Hi, Ange. Um, just just uh, talking about the international players, Callum and Greg featured quite a lot for Scotland. Have they come back, you know, with a spring in their step and extra boost after some brilliant results for, for their international team midweek? Callum's always got a spring in his step mate that's why he's the captain of the club um you know he's uh he's very good at knowing that uh you know what his responsibility is and uh it's great for all the, the, the lads in the scottish camp um you know great that you know they all contributed cal and, and greg and, and anthony um you know disappointing for bull to to pull out at the beginning of it but um <clears throat> yeah great for for the lads and you know scotland had a great window and uh, credit to steve clark and his staff and everyone involved but yeah, Callum McGregor, um, you know, you don't have to worry about his uh, levels of enthusiasm when he's uh, in this building, mate. Turning our attention to tomorrow, what are you expecting from Motherwell? First time you're going to face Steve, Stevie Hamill as a manager. Uh, do you think he's changed their style much since Graham Alexander last season? Yeah, I think he's made some, you know, he's, he's sort of put his own imprint on the side and, you know, that's... I guess for every new manager, that's what you try and do. And you've seen some, you know, some changes um, to the team. It, it's always hard when you're coming in sort of mid-season or early in the season for for Stephen um, because, you know, you're, you're sort of inheriting a group of players, but, you know, he knows them well. And, um, yeah, I'm expecting a tough game. Every game, as we've seen, is, is has its own challenges. Um, but, yeah, we're back home tomorrow. And, uh, you know, our former home has been excellent for a long time now. And uh, we want to continue that. <coughs> Thanks, Ian. And uh, update on Hank Savanovich. Is he available this weekend? Yeah, he wasn't one of the ones I said wasn't, mate. So, okay. Um, you touched upon the kind of hectic schedule. I wonder, you're talking about utilising your squad up until now in the World Cup, but will you be aware of making wholesale changes in light of what happened at Saman from game to game? No, again, you know, every decision we make will be around what team we think will be able to best perform on the day. So if that means making a number of changes, we make a number of changes. If not, um, we don't. I mean, again, you know, you, you if you lose, if you if you use a result of a game as a backdrop to question everything you do, then mate, you you'll go nuts in this game. So you know, I don't like I said, every game is the same for us. Whether we win, lose, or draw, we look at the performance. Um, you know, we understand why we didn't perform on the day. Uh, we give the feedback to the players and we move on. But there's nothing that comes out of one result that, you know, um, changes my outlook and my approach or, or what we, you know, sort of want to achieve as a team. Yes. Gavin, Gavin McCafferty. Obviously, you got a chance to, to go back to Australia um, during the break. Was that good to go back to Celtic manager and, and obviously... Talk about the club a lot. Was it, do you sense an excitement from people over there as well about what you're doing in the club? Yeah, look, it, it was great. Um, 
just just to clear up any sort of misunderstanding, it wasn't a holiday. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was a it was a pretty brutal trip. Um, so, um, but um, yeah, no, it was great, and 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 there is there is a genuine excitement, enthusiasm. Obviously, you know, my own connection, but just with the football club in general, and um, yeah, it was good to to sort of you know get across all the sort of media platforms and and talk about the upcoming games and also talk about sort of how we're we're traveling at the moment and um yeah there is there's 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 a great enthusiasm i, I think it works out to be a great time of the year <clears throat> you know in a country like australia where you know there are multiple sports and, and you know people's sort of priorities and 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 sort of where their attention goes can sometimes get divided um when we're going there you know most of the other major winter codes are finished. Um, the World Cup is literally the doorstep. So, you know, everyone sort of, their attention will be around football. And, uh, you know, I think with us being there, Everton obviously coming across the local competition up and running, it will be a good time. And, you know, I think it'll be um, you know, a good good couple of games for us. I, I realise you were um, you obviously doing a, quite a few media interviews over there. Does, it, does that give you kind of a, a different kind of perspective to, to hear how people back home are perceiving what you're doing here in, in Scotland and, 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 you know? Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, you know, I've got a sort of, you know, a fair understanding that, you know, people are following the journey and, and I think they're, you know, they're um, you know, taking great pride in sort of the, you know, the, the progress the football club makes. And I guess they feel an attachment to the football club because of that. Um, but um Media is media, mate. I'm around the world. Well, I'll leave it at that anyway. Thanks, John. Um, Cheryl. Hi, Ange. Um, you'd said that uh, the, the fans, you know, they carry the, the result of the team into their daily lives, and whether it's win, lose, or draw, is that something that you think is unique to Scottish football, given your experience at different places around the world? I wouldn't say unique, but I think it has more of an impact at, at you know certain football clubs. Um, you know, and I think it does at the, you know particularly at this football club because um, you know there you know there's such a, a strong association with, with being a you know a supporter fan, whatever you want to call it, uh, of this football club because um, it goes beyond just you know, supporting a, a sporting club, there's a stronger attachment there. So obviously the feelings run deeper, both, you know, in a positive and, and sort of in a, in a negative sense, if, if something disappointing happens. So, you know, but I think if you need to define it in any way, that's just passion, you know, people are really passionate, they care, you know, and, and that's, that's the great thing about it. That's what I love about it is that, you know, I think if people just, sort of dismissed the highs and lows as just, uh, well, it was a great day or it was a bad day and got on with it, then, you know, we'd be missing that sort of special element that this football club has that, you know, people care and when people care, they they ride the waves and, and feel the elation and also, you know, the, the disappointment when things don't go well. You mentioned earlier that you always learn something uh, from every game, no matter what the result. What what did you learn about the team from the St. Mirren defeat? I think, you know, again, it's not about learning sort of from a, like I said, an overall thing. It's just addressing every aspect of the game, which we do. So we, we analyse every game the same way, you know. It's it's about our preparation for that game. It's about 
you know, team selection. That's about how we how we play the game, you know, the different elements of our game that are important to us, whether that's, you know, defensive sense, attacking sense, and, and, and then we break it down to the individual. So, you know, the, the learnings are all about how do we progress as a football team? So, you know, we, we can't chart that course according just to, to the results, um, because if you do that, then I think, yeah, yeah, you know, I've said a few times, you end up, you know, jumping at shadows because results sometimes mask you know true progress and um you know whilst we've been very very good team over the last particularly sort of 12 14 months in terms of our progress we've been under no illusions that we're no we're nowhere near the team we want to be you know we, we've all along the way even when we've been winning we've said we've still got areas to improve in still got areas that we need to be better in um but this group of players has made has made enormous um, jumps in, in in their own development over the last period. So, you know, um, that's the encouraging thing for us that irrespective of what, you know, the outcome of a game is, they're, they're coming back in here and, and wanting to be better. Thank you. And Roddy? <clears throat> and speculation about your future seems to turn up every day now. And it's very intense at this club. Have anything prepared you for that? Have you ever gone through anything like that before? And how do you deal with it? It's fair to say speculation about my future has been with me from day one, you know, uh, for different reasons. So, uh, yeah, look, I, like I said, I, for me, I don't worry about the stuff. It doesn't enter my sort of brain space. I, you know, I, I take on every job that I have and every challenge um, to, to try and, you know, make the football club as successful as it possibly can be. And that's, that's always been my total focus. So, you know, I think if you, again, if you, if I start thinking about, you know, the speculation that's um, there now about potentially me moving on to, I don't know where, then I would have been worried about it at the start when the people were saying that I wouldn't last too long. You know, I think once you, once you allow speculation and, and sort of, you know, you know, I keep talking to the players about just, you know, live in the moment. You know, the, the present is the most important time. You know, the, the, the past you can't change, the future you can't control. What you do now is going to be the most important thing to whatever your ambitions may be, whether that's in a personal sense, in a professional sense. Um, if I don't, you know, do my job well now, then there's no point. Um, thinking about speculation, the future will take care of itself. I won't be in a job. Um, I won't be able to accomplish the things I want to do. So, um, you know, that's always been my focus. That will always continue to be my focus. It's, it's served me well. And, um, yeah, that's what I'll continue to sort of concentrate on. Mind you, there are not many clubs in the world where you can lose your first league game in a year and find yourself connected with jobs in the English Premiership at the same time. <laughs> No, very true, very true. But that's where, you know, I guess, um, like I said, it, it's, you know, you, you understand it. And, and, you know, people are always, particularly in today's world, we, 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 we get antsy pretty quick. You know, we don't like to be settled. We, we want to know what's next. You know, we, like, I think I said last year, we don't, we want to watch our favourite series all in one night. You know, we don't want to wait week to week. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the life we live these days. I, I'm still a bit old fashioned. I'll, I'll wait for the weekly episode before I, uh, Watch my next uh, um, series, mate. So you don't treat Celtic as a box set. <laughs> uh, David Folds, David. Hi, Angie. You spoke about the Ajax model um, for developing the club. 
um, the chipping away in the Champions League. And that's obviously going to take time. Um, so is that something, a project you plan to see through? Yeah, look, I, I mean, uh, again, yeah, yeah, I guess sometimes when when I say things, you know, I, I think people misinterpret. I, the Ajax model is just an example. I, what I've consistently said, this club doesn't have to follow any other club model. It's got its own model that, that I think if we stick to and 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 sort of uh, make sure that we, you know, maintain our discipline, that we can create our own model. I mean, like I said, Ajax is just an example. Where, you know, I, I don't think this football club needs to follow any other club's lead. It can it can establish itself as a Champions League club. It's it's had you know the financial prudency over years that allows it to be in a position now where it can you know compete in the Champions League. Now our role is once we get to the Champions League is how do you establish yourself as a Champions League football club? And as I said, you know, at the beginning of this campaign is by consistently being at that level, competing at that level and chipping away every year. So um, it's not about me seeing it out or it's, like I said, it's about the football club in itself, um, you know, continuing to, to stay disciplined in its approach and, and, and trying every year to make inroads with the clubs we want to um, compete with at that level. Um, as I said, with the Ajax model, I mean, they didn't win a title for two or three years, I think. Do you think our football club would would stand for that? I don't think so. And I definitely wouldn't be in charge. So, you know, it's not about following other clubs' models. It's about understanding that other clubs have done it their own way. And I believe that this club has all the sort of um, things you need, all, all the basic fundamentals you need to to also be a club that competes at that level. But it does take time. That, that that's not going to happen in in a year or two years. So, you know, whether that's me in charge or or, or somebody else down the line, um, you know, I think there's some really strong foundations now. And and if we stay disciplined and and continue to 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 want to make an impact at, at Champions League level rather than just you know be a part of it, then I think we can chip away at it. Um, you've got a very good working relationship with Michael Nicholson. Um, what's the, is that the same with Dermot Desmond and how often do you speak to him? Yeah, I've got you know, a great relationship, as you said, with Michael. I've got a great relationship with everyone at the football club, you know, um, including Ian Jamieson, who we survived the trip to Oz together. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's important. I, you know, I understand that I'm, I'm kind of the front man and I'm the person that, that, kind of every week is rolled out as a spokesman for the club but it's certainly that's not an indication of why we've been so successful over the last sort of you know since I've been involved we've been successful because the whole club's sort of pulling in the same direction you know and that's Michael and, and his management team that's um, you know board level that's the staff I have here and and yeah it includes uh, Dermot I've got a great relationship with Dermot he was the first person kind of who I spoke to when I when I <coughs> you know, um, first interview for the role. And, you know, the one thing about him is he's, he's very supportive. You know, he, you know, he said to me at the outset, he'll only call me after we've had a loss. So I haven't spoken to him for a year. So uh, we had a good chat. Um, but no, he's, he's, um, he's been very good, very supportive. But like I said, I think the whole club is, and I think people would see evidence of that in that, you know, there's a real whole of club purpose to what we're doing at the moment. There aren't too many distractions that are taking us or allowing us, uh, we're allowing to take us away from what our focus is. And that can only happen if everyone's on the same page and, um, you know, 
as, as sort of the, the manager of the club, you know, I couldn't be sort of happier with the support I've been getting from, from all levels. Thanks, Andy. <coughs> Afternoon, Ange. Um, Oliver Abelgard was one of the final arrivals during the, the summer transfer window. I know he's been included on the, the bench. Can I just ask how beneficial the, the international break would have been to him to, to come in and just get used to the, the setup at Lennox Town? Yeah, it, it's been really important because um, it wasn't just that sort of Oliver came in late. He hadn't really done a pre-season with any club. He'd sort of been training on his own. And, you know, I think it would have been unfair on him. And he probably, you know, in terms of his physical conditioning, he wouldn't have been anywhere near the levels to, to throw him in before now. Um, but <clears throat> he's done good work the last couple of weeks um, here at Lennox Town with the guys who, who sort of stayed back. And, you know, he's edging now towards getting some game time. You know, he'll be in the squad tomorrow. Potentially, uh, we can get him some game time. But I think you'll see him feature over the next sort of few games. And, um, yeah, he'll be important to us because, uh, you know, we the reason we signed him was because we knew that, um, you know, with the, the fixturing the way it is, that, you know, we're likely to get some, like I said, injuries or players we need to, to sort of look after, and uh, particularly in the midfield area. So we're good to get him involved. Good stuff. Um, the, the club this weekend is preparing to mark the the hundredth anniversary of the, the birth of Jock Steen. Um, I know you've spoken previously about standing on the shoulders of giants at Celtic. Can I just ask how difficult it is for any manager coming into Celtic to follow uh, the example set by by Jock Steen? I, I don't think it's 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 difficult to follow the example, but you'll never. You know, you'll never follow his path. I mean, he's, you know, he's an immortal at the club. He's, he's not just at this football club, but in terms of his standing as a manager in world football, I don't think anyone, you know, if you, if you, if you come in here um, trying to emulate his feats, I think you'll fall short because it's not just about the achievements. It's about, you know, his impact uh, on a football club. And he's one of these rare individuals who I don't think anyone can ever compare to. Um but for sort of, I guess, myself and people who, who come into this position, we have some really strong values to uphold. That's where our responsibility lies about the way the team plays, the way that the team conducts itself, um, you know, the, the, the way the team, um, you know, responds to its, its supporter base, its fans, the people who are the most important. All these things, I think, were established uh, a long time ago by people like, you know, Jock Steen and, and you know, for, like I said, for people like me coming through, it's about then making sure that we uphold those values. That's our responsibility. The success, you know, that we have along the way um, adds to the story of this football club. Um, but, you know, there's no doubt that, um, you know, he's, he's, he will always be the greatest of, of football managers of this football club for as long as this football club exists. Great. Thanks, Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Ange. Cheers.